Welcome to Teaching, Reading, and Writing, the official podcast of the Literacy Research Center and Clinic at the University of Wyoming. Connecting, supporting, and expanding literacy instruction within Wyoming and around the world. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Teaching, Reading, and Writing, the official podcast of the Literacy Research Center and Clinic at the University of Wyoming. I'm your host, Lee Hall, and today I'm excited to welcome to our show, Mackenzie Sullivan. Mackenzie, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. So Mackenzie is a high school science teacher at Big Piney High School in Big Piney, Wyoming. And today we're going to be talking about the kinds of things that students need to be able to do to be able to successfully read and comprehend some really quite difficult science texts. And so, Mackenzie, you've got a few different things that you do here, particularly with your anatomy class. So I think what I would say as we get started is, while this might be contextualized in anatomy, I think a lot of what you're going to be talking about could be used in any kind of science context, be it biology or physics or chemistry. But um, yeah, if you want, let's just get started a little bit with how you help your students read these texts. And I understand you, you kind of start them off with an APA boot camp, if you can say a little bit about what that is. Yeah, I do at the start of the year in anatomy, which I'll just preface that by saying my anatomy class is a third, well, my third year, I guess, fourth year science class for our students that so it's pretty much only open to seniors. And I really emphasize like it is for college bound seniors and seniors that are interested in going into medical fields. And one thing I noticed um, is usually we've only been taught MLA up till this point. And when you go into other fields, MLA is not used. And so um, we learn how to cite an APA and how to uh, find uh, research and understand how those uh, scientists are citing their work in APA as well. So we start by doing that. And then we just jump into finding original research and um, breaking down and understanding what it means. So a lot of the focus that you do with your students, at least, you know, for this for this work really has them reading original pieces of research, correct? Correct. Yeah. And so that can seem very intimidating, I think, not just to students, but also to teachers who are trying to envision giving original pieces of peer reviewed research to their class. But you've got some approaches here for how you make that a little more manageable and help your students get comfortable with it. Can you talk to us about some of the things that you do? Yeah, so we um, do a little, like a model that I, I model it for them. We do it together and then they do it by themselves. So it's an I go, we go, you go kind of model. And so I usually always introduce it with some article that's fun, that's not specifically anatomy related. So for example, this year I picked one on elephants and the thermal regulation in elephant hair. Anyway, it was cool. And they know that I love elephants. So that kind of helped like break the ice a little bit, but they see the abstract first and that's all I show them at first. And they're like, what the heck? Like there's so many big words there and they get a little overwhelmed and I'm like, okay, like it's okay. Like let's slow down and let's read this. And it helps. I mean, by the time they're seniors, I've taught them for three years. And so we all know each other really well. And that helps right off the bat that they're, they trust me that I'm not going to give them something that they're not capable of doing. And so then we, we read through that abstract together and we try and break it down in our own words. And at the end, they're like, oh, so elephant hair actually has a purpose. And I'm like, yeah, like that's the overall idea right now. And we can go into more specifics later. 
And so we just start with things like that. And then I slowly introduce it into anatomy topics where then they know some of those root words. They, need, they know that osteo means bone and things like that. And then they can start to read through, especially just those initial abstracts and say, hey, this is going to be useful to me or no, it's not. Right. So it sounds like, you know, when you, you know, if you're thinking, if your teacher thinking about getting started with this um, and you're introducing this art, an article for the first time, that really it doesn't need to be in your content area. Um, it could be, but it doesn't have to be. And it's really about finding something that they're going to connect with. It might even be slightly easier on the easy side, right. right? Because you're trying to get them, right, to teach them some more complicated skills. And so if you at least get them something that they can connect with and be interested in, that might, that might help. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it, it just kind of makes them a little less scared at first. A little so less scared. So this one article about elephants first, and then and then we'll go back and relate it to our class. Right, and sort of seeing that you guys sort of helping your students understand, hey, you you know this might seem like a hard task that we're getting ready to embark on, but I've just shown you that you're capable of doing this, or you're capable of learning the things that you need to do to do this. Right. Yeah. And so then when you, when you get into this, right, once you get into reading these anatomy articles, you've said you sort of take this, I do it, we do it, you do it, right? So that first time, right, I'm guessing it's, you know, you're doing it for them and you're modeling and maybe doing a little bit of a think aloud. Can you talk about what that looks like when it's just you modeling it for your students? Yeah, so we'll find an article and usually I have a few in mind and I give them an option. So I'm like, we can read this one on vaccines. We can read this one on the heart. Like I just pull a few and then I let them choose from there. So again, that they have that buy into it. And I'm like, okay, we're going to read through this whole thing, how I would expect you to do it for the rest of the year. And so we read the abstract and we say, okay, this is what it's going to be about. And then for, for their level and for what I want them to be able to accomplish in my class, we read the introduction so that we have a clear idea of what it's about. And then we can skim through the data and the methods because that advanced statistics is going to overwhelm them. So we just look at the graphs and see if it shows us anything relevant that we might um, be able to pull from that. And then we read the conclusion and the limitations or the implications of the article, because that's really going to show them like, this is what, those researchers discovered, and this is where they can still take it. And that's where I want them to have that knowledge and to be able to like apply that to their case studies. Cause then that's what we do all year is they do find original research to support what they think is going on with the patient in their case study. Okay. Okay. So, all right. So you do that, you have them pick a, an article, you model it with them. Um, it's really heavy on you. And then you have the next step, right? Is a we, so what does that we component look like? Um, so usually we will pick a different article and I'll have a student volunteer start to work through it. And I encourage their peers to like pitch in of like, oh, this word means that, or we think that this sentence means this. And so they start to work through it together. And I mean, I'm, I'm so lucky with the group of kids I get to teach that they make that easy for me and they, they really buy in and so then like I'll interject if I need to, if they misinterpret a word wrong and I'll explain like, no, this is what this means. And this is how I know that. But then they start to work through it together. And then them as a class decide like, what's the big takeaways from this article? And then I let them loose on their own and they have to do an assignment with it. 
Right. So when it's in that we phase, you really, as a, as a teacher, pull back, right? You're just stepping in if it's like, this is clearly going down the wrong path or they clearly can't sort this out, right? You step in when you have to. Is that fair? Right. Yeah. Yep. And then when it's on the you, right? And then it's them doing these things on their own. Although I'm guessing, right, like they might collaborate with a friend or a group or yeah. something, right? To sort of to sort of get some extra help or input if they need it. Is that is that correct? Yeah. So I usually give them an assignment like right off the bat. This is still at the start of the school year that's research article scavenger hunt. And so they have to find, I give them these hints about the author in the year and something that the title's about. And they have to find the article that I'm talking about. And then they have to give me one sentence summaries about the specific sections of the article that I've picked out that I think it's important for them to read. So usually the abstract, the intro and the data and the conclusions. And so they have to find those and then they have to read them by themselves and tell me in one sentence what it's about. And that to me is them demonstrating their understanding of, okay, I can take this really long wordy text that seems scary to me and I can tell you what it's saying. Yeah. And that's a comprehension. That's yeah. I mean. they've got that skill. And, and yeah, in your own words. Yeah, in your own words too. So yeah. sometimes they'll collaborate with a friend or they'll call me over and ask on a certain vocab word. But I really, I'm like, you have to be able to do this on your own, especially if you're college bound, because there's going to be so many like opportunities for you in college to look at original research and use it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, you know, what's really nice about this is I think hopefully people can see that you can take something that's really dense, like a research article um, that, that your students may not even have any experience with at all. And you can help them, you can help them make it, you can help make it accessible for them is what I'm trying yeah. to say, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if, if there's somebody listening to, to this right now and they're like, this sounds really exciting. What is like one thing I can do tomorrow to get started with this? Where would you recommend they start? Oh man, that's a good question. I think the biggest thing for me, and this goes for anything in education, I feel like is don't be afraid to try. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to be vulnerable with your kids about trying it. Because I'm not a literacy teacher, but I know that for our kids to be successful in science, they have to have a solid vocab base and they have to be able to read these articles because that's how scientists communicate their work. Right. And so if I'm trying a new strategy with them, I will tell them, I'll be honest with them and say, hey, this is a teaching strategy that I just learned about and I want to see if you guys find it helpful. And so we're going to try this together today. And um, if it's great, it's great. And if we don't like it, we won't use it again. And so I think to me, being open and honest with your students and not being afraid to try that and show them that you're not afraid to try new things helps ease their anxiety about it as well. Yeah, that's such a great piece of advice. Well, Mackenzie, thank you so much for being on our show today. Really appreciate you taking the time to be here and to share this with us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So that concludes another episode of Teaching, Reading and Writing. Please join us next time.